Welcome to episode four of the Rockman Power Hour. My name is Jason Rockman. How awesome is that theme song? Again, thank you to DMC for that and my buddy Brett. Uh, that's something that a lot of people have been humming and, and sending me messages saying that they're they're digging the Rockman Power Hour song. So, I mean, I wish I could take the credit for it, but I cannot. Um, that's what happens when you get someone like Daryl McDaniels from Run DMC doing that. So thank you, Daryl, and thank you, Brett. Um, hey, Ryan, are you excited? I'm very excited, man. This is such a cool episode because for the first time, like even though Shad is an amazing performer, it's also kind of like getting to experience hip hop evolution through a fan's perspective, man. I love it. This yeah. episode is going to be amazing. So our, our guest this week is Shad. Of course, um, if you, like Ryan mentioned, Shad is the, um, Shad is, is, it has a lot of uh, layers in that Shad onion, if you will. Um, this guy is a multi-talented dude. Uh, not only is he an accomplished hip hop artist, um, he's also uh, the host of uh, one of the most comprehensive and well put together hip hop docuseries that I've ever seen called Hip Hop Evolution. You can watch it on Netflix now. And of course, it's produced by the folks from Banger Films who um, who have been doing documentaries on music for years. And I, you know, I tend to to think, and I think you would agree, Ryan, they're pretty mm. much the best at it. I don't know anyone that does it better than those guys. So absolutely. And I'm I'm excited to have Shad on because there's a lot of stories that we're gonna you know we're gonna hear and um and again this is a guy that has had a, a lot of stuff go on in his in his career in a relatively short amount of time some ups some downs um and um but I love the fact that this guy has shown that there's a lot more to him than just being a, a hip hop artist and a rapper he's an incredible host he's an incredible interviewer and he's a really really nice guy so we're excited to have him on the show today but uh, I wanted to thank our sponsor for this week's episode and that of course is Playground Poker um if you want to get some more information on Playground Poker you can go to playground.ca that is their website uh Playground is a really really cool place in Montreal it's located just over the Mercier Bridge about 15 minutes from downtown Montreal um they've got over 40 poker tables um they've got 500 slot machines and ryan you know every once in a while people are like i want to go to vegas you don't have to go to vegas you could just go to playground poker and you'll get all that vibe right here in our own city so um I, i'm really excited that playground are on board for this week's episode um you know if you go to playground ryan and uh you're, you're gambling and you're on the slot machine uh whether you drink or you don't drink free alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages if you're playing so that's a nice incentive and uh they've got something really cool called the bad beat jackpot um this is the poker bad beat jackpot and right now it's over five hundred thousand dollars their jackpot so um go check out playground poker uh, they're located 15 minutes from montreal on-site dining and uh, right now they've got a crazy special if you're into steak uh 10 ounce prime rib and scampi dinner for only $19 on Monday. So go check out Playground Poker. More information at playground.ca. And we want to thank them so much for being uh, the sponsor for this week's episode. Uh, Ryan, we're going to have to go out down there with uh, a roll of quarters and get our slot on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even know how to play poker, but I want a VIP treatment no. that you're talking about. Because yeah, that's no. amazing. Yeah. Listen, we can go, we can take a roll of quarters each and we can both mm. be a couple of slots. <laughs> Slots. Slot, oh, I, I get it. Yes. <laughs> I, I, 
I just like I'm the type of guy that's going to leave the casino naked because yeah. he's like lost everything. <laughs> you're lose everything. Yeah, but you know yeah. what? You'll at least you'll have had drinks while you were there for free. And uh, I suppose and, so. I can drink for the both of us. That's true. Yeah, that's it. And so I think yeah. we, we're going to have to make a trip down there. But honestly, they it's a really really classy place. And 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 everybody that I know that's involved with Playground who is who have been there, who have played there as poker players, have had nothing but great things. So uh, thanks again to Playground for being our uh, sponsor for this week's episode. So Ryan, um, Shad. One thing yeah. I wanted to tell you about Shad, um, and I know you got to watch the documentary, um, but Shad had this interesting thing happen to him in between him starting off as being a hip hop artist and being the host of Hip Hop Evolution, who now everyone, you know, bows down to because it really is the most comprehensive hip hop documentary ever. He's a great interviewer. He was a great host for that show, but he jumped into some pretty big shoes, uh, at one point in his career where he was offered to host a show on CBC called Q. Um, and I don't know if you were familiar with Q, but Q no. was, was Q was like the premier interview show in Canada. One of the premier wow. interview shows in Canada. And it was hosted by this guy, John, uh, by this guy, John Gameshi. John Gameshi, um, ended up turning out to be this horrible. Anyways, I didn't want to say anything, but he wasn't a nice guy. Mm. Okay. Did some pretty questionable things. So he got fired from CBC and, uh, and Shad was given the job and, uh, he lasted there, I think a little under a year and, uh, and something happened. Um, and I always felt that, you know, being someone who works in radio and I understand, I mean, these things happen, you know, it's a volatile business to be in. But when I saw that happen to him, I, I, I always wondered why, because I listened and he was really, really good. So, um, when I got a chance to chat with him, I was excited because I, I, I wanted to get to know him a little bit, you know, and I always felt that he kind of got shortchanged in that whole exchange. So when he wow. got hip hop evolution, um, I was really happy for him because you know, you know how big of a hip hop fan I am. Oh yeah. So to be able to watch that show and go down memory lane and learn some things that I thought I knew, but I didn't know. Um, and at the same time, see him flex his hosting, uh, skills and his interviewing skills. It was, it was a real pleasure. And it's kind of like one of those things, you know, when, when you have a friend that might get let go from somewhere and, uh, and you're always rooting for them. So when they do come back, back out on top, you're kind of like, you want to just be like, nanny, nanny, boo, boo. You guys made a bad move. <laughs> That's how, how it kind of felt when he, when he, ended, when, you know, when, when hip hop evolution came on Netflix and he, he was killing it. I was like, good for you, man. Yeah. It, it, you know what, man? And something about that documentary I really like seeing is that, uh, you know, like, you know, like we know Daryl McDaniels and, you know, we've gone on the road and, uh, yeah. have documented his, uh, record store release and everybody out there on YouTube. If you want to check out, uh, coming like a rhino, that is a, a video that I edited and partially shot and Jason's band slaves on dope did a collaboration with, uh, Daryl. And there was this whole thing. And we went down to, um, Looney Tunes records and, and, uh, it was a big road trip for us, right. a, bit, a, bond, a bonding road trip. But after a few days of Daryl, Daryl's the most welcoming, nice person in the world. And you kind of get used to him. You almost yeah. forget he's the icon. So I'm yeah. watching, I'm watching hip hop evolution and it's presenting run DMC as the Beatles of rap music. And Which I'm like, were. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so by the end of the segment, I'm nerding out hardcore that our theme song is sung by him. You know what I mean? Right? Like, I know. I know. Right. You almost it's forget. Like, you, I know. Yeah. <laughs> cause he's, cause to me, he's just D he's just, yeah. he's Daryl. So I, I was so impressed with the way that mm. Shad not only interviewed, but interacted with these legends because, and we touch on a little bit in our conversation. I know inside he was freaking the fuck out and no one's going to tell me different. 
I know it. I mean, when you're sitting in front of certain people um, that have marked you or that have, that have influenced you, you're going to be a little nervous, you know, and you're going to be, but he, he was great in that show. He was just great. And his general enthusiasm for hip hop uh, shows. So uh, I, I strongly encourage people to check out hip hop evolution if you haven't. And uh, I'm really happy to have him on the show, man. He's, he's, he's a wonderful guy. He's a really, really wonderful guy and, and a smart guy too. Really smart. You can tell that he's, you know, he's, he's got a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. He's a hip hop historian. And at the same time, he's never lost that uh, enthusiasm and flair for it. He's not jaded by it. And the fact that he talked to people from the beginnings of hip hop into mm. uh, current day stars is quite amazing to me. For instance, I had no idea who Cool Herc was oh, before yeah. this. Yeah. And it's incredible to see like the guy who had the first hip hop party ever and Curtis Blow and all these other people that I've heard about through other books and documentaries, but I never actually seen them all speak. And mm. they've all aged amazingly, by yeah. the way. Yeah, they're they must be in their 70s by now, yeah. but they all look amazing. So, uh, yeah, hip hop evolution and Chad's uh performance as a host is nothing but spectacular and uh, i'm really glad to have uh, discovered the documentary based on our show yeah. so uh you know i hope our people discovered the documentary through our show too oh and let's bring up one other thing uh he's yeah. also a fucking deadly mc i mean <laughs> the guy is such a good good rhymer um and his new record's great uh every everything he's done uh as a rapper has been really really good spot on and i've always thought he was this this kind of uncovered Canadian talent. I mean, he's respected in the hip hop community. He's respected by his peers, but I've always felt that this guy should be, um, should be, I guess, I don't know what I want to say raised up, but he should be, he should be put up on a pedestal a little bit more because he really, really is uh, one of the best MCs we have in this country. So, uh, without any further ado, Ryan, let's, let's go to it. Here's my chat with Shad. All right, uh, really, really happy to have with me on the Rockland Power Hour, uh, a guy who I first discovered at the Vans Warped Tour um, all these years ago on this tiny stage. And uh, he's gone on to do some incredible things. Shad is with us. So do you remember that that Warped Tour? Do I ever? Yeah. That's what, what stop, what stop were you at? Montreal. It was at the Montreal show. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's got to be, dare I say, 12, 13 more, right? 14 years ago, maybe? Twelve years ago, yeah, it was two thousand nine Warp Tour, so twelve, thirteen years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, and I remember you literally played your set, came off stage, and you were selling CDs. Yep. And that I, was the air. And and I remember going up to you, and and I was, I first of all, I mean, I'm a hip, huge hip hop head, and I right away. I was like, this guy is special. I don't know who this guy is. And that was what I used to love about bands warped was that, you know, you never knew who you were going to see at any time of the day. And you walked off stage and I immediately bought that CD and I passed it around to all my friends. I'm like, this guy is good. And then every time you would do something, they'd be like, you told us about him way, way back when. So how much yes. of that, how much of that DIY, um, you know, aesthetic was important to you? Man, that was that was why I started. Right. So I grew up in London, Ontario. So, um, you know, lovely place to grow up. But the music industry was to me at that time, like something from another planet. You know, I couldn't imagine ever participating. I couldn't imagine participating in that when I was a kid. But what changed was when uh, 
you know, the DI, the DIY thing became a viable option. I started seeing other artists do that. So man, to answer your question, the DIY thing is why I got started. It made it feel, it made it feel possible for me. And, um, and it's also the, fu- the fun of it, you know, at the end of the day, and I actually discovered this during the pandemic. What I love is making something and connecting around it. Yeah, exactly. At bottom, that's what I love. So uh, that's it, man. And the CD era, that's what it was, man. We're right. slinging CDs. Um, you know, so that's the musical culture that I fell in love with. Um that is the closest to, you know, what I really love. And, and it's also the reason why I started, you know, if that, if that scene hadn't come up, I, I just wouldn't have imagined the possibility for myself of participating in music. And it's crazy when you think, um, you know, the importance of that physical object, you know, the importance of being able to say, I got this and you've got to hear this. And I'm not saying that that's gone now because there, there is still that, that ritual that happens where you pass something to someone and, you know, um, but, but there is something about having that, that CD and being able to go, I'm going to trust you with this. And, and I know, yeah. I, I know when you bring that back to me, that the two little things on, on the, you know, two, two clips are going to be broken off. And I know that the case is going to be scratched, but just don't mess up the CD. That's it. That's it, man. You know, and yeah, you're right. It does still exist. I, I, um, I don't know what's, I don't know what's at the bottom of the psychology of it, but I find when I'm at a concert, I just want to buy something. Yeah. Same. You know, you just see that merch table. You just want to buy, you just want to buy something. And I feel the same thing in like a bookstore. Yeah. I'm in a bookstore. It's like, I just want to buy something, you know? So we still uh, like as human beings, it's like, we like the physical pieces and, and when we love something, like if you like books or, you know, knowledge or you like music, it's like, I feel like buying something is also just buying a physical thing is also just like, a way to be a part of it. Or well, something. it's a, it's it's a it's a it's a commitment. You're committing yeah. to it, you know. And and I, I agree with you. Like you know, every time that I walk into a situation, whether it be you know going to a screening of a movie, um, whether it be discovering a new band, going to a show, I, I'm my first thing is not I'm going to sit here and I'm going to judge. My first thing is I want to be your biggest fan. Yeah, I'm not a critic. I'm a fan. So I want I'm going in saying, please turn convert me. I want to be yeah. a fan. So when you have that, and I don't know if that's a childlike thing or if that's just general enthusiasm, but it's funny you touch on that because I'm the same way. When I go to a show, I'm like, man, I hope those shirts are nice. I yeah. hope they're not, yeah. I hope they're not using those nasty Gildan, you know, potato sack nipple chafers. I hope they're using like a 30 single ring spun cotton shirt. It's going to fit nice, you know, exactly. and they never do. They always use those nasty Gildan, you know, heavy cotton shirts that I can't wear anymore because just you sweat on them, you're, you're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're, and you know what? That's kind of something that I tell young artists too, when they're nervous, mm. I'm like, you know, the, you know, the audience wants to have a good time, right? Like yeah. they, are, like they're rooting for you to do well. They, of course. they, they don't want to, you know? So yeah, man, I hear you. Um, you've had a really interesting career because you're, you, you know, you've not only been a musician, um, you've been a host. Uh, you've been a television host and you've done all of them fairly successfully. Um, what out of those three things and, um, you know, specifically radio, TV series and musician, what out of those three of them um, do you, do you hold the closest? Mm. Because I know obviously music's yeah. important, but 
that hip, I mean, hip hop evolution had to be gratifying. Cause to me, when I saw you do that and I, and I, and I pointed a lot of kids that like, I don't know anything about hip hop, sit down and watch that. You, everything you need to know is there. Cause it, it's yeah. deep. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. So out of those three, what, what, what for you was the, you know, the most important or, or at least the one that you're, you're the proudest of. That's such a, that's such a tough question. Um, I'll put it to you this way. Making music for me is it's uh, it's the heart of everything and it's the start of everything. Right. Like right. I, I would have had the chance to to host uh, Q, the radio show or, or host Hip Hop Evolution if it weren't for that. Um, and, uh, you know, it's so gratifying on a personal level just to get to say my piece. And and uh, again, what I love is making stuff and connecting around it. So, you know, music is like very, very close to me, but, and I had a great time hosting Q on, on CBC, but hip hop evolution is the one thing that feels surreal to me. Mm -hmm. Like I, if it feels surreal, I don't know how that happened. Like, you know, we only set out to make one season and even that was like a dream come true, but then to get to make more, and that series now exists as like this, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a important document in the culture. Oh, it's, yeah, it's more than a kind of important document. It is, it is, it, to me, it's the, it's the benchmark. I mean, I, I, there's nothing that's been done like that before. Yeah. It kind of, um, you know, there's, there's so many great hip hop docs that have come out since that tell specific stories, but hip hop, mm -hmm. you know, gets to occupy this place as like, this is the overview. Like right. you said, the kid wants to know in general how this thing started and how it's evolved it's like you can watch this yeah i mean and and there's not many there's not many musical styles that have that place where you can just go this is what you need so for everyone involved in that kudos because that that and and i understand why it would be somewhat surreal because i i'm watching you and i you know i've hosted stuff before i've interviewed people before i'm watching you sitting down with these people and i'm in you right now i'm in you going he's freaking the fuck out right now that he's talking to Snoop and that Snoop's just lit up a massive fucking ruler. Like, it's just, you can tell that, that the, the general enthusiasm there. And that's why I think that you, you know, you got picked for that job. Uh, thanks, man. I, I, yeah, I think, uh, I didn't try to hide it, you know? No, like, and, uh, and, but it's, it, and you shouldn't have, I mean, you, that's not the time. I think that's the time just to be yourself. And, and, and that's, what's nice. It's authentic, you know? Well, what, what, I think it also gave to the series. Um, I, I really feel like that was a big part of my job was the enthusiasm because mm. some of the people we'd be interviewing, like, let's say it's, uh, I mean, Ice-T was a pro, but, yeah. but, but just to use him as an example, right, of somebody who was so important to the foundations of hip hop, but at the same time, we're talking about 30 years ago for a guy who's done a lot in his career. Yeah. So what can happen with some of those cats is like, it's hard for them to go back there, you know, mm -hmm. in their memory. Like, first of all, it was a long time ago. Secondly, I'm on to other things, sometimes, you know, bigger and better things. And uh, thirdly, there's this thing with human beings where it's hard for us to find our own life that interesting or yeah. special. So it kind of takes somebody. Um, well, having a partner in conversation who is enthusiastic about that chapter in your life can help you go there yes can help you go yeah oh yeah yeah that was cool actually and right. oh man i'm remembering this happened you know so i feel like um 
in the in the context of our series, you know, we really wanted the pioneers to tell the stories themselves, and uh, for them to go- become storytellers about that chapter in their lives. Uh, I feel like it helped that I didn't try to hide that, you know. Yeah, I, I was amazed and impressed and and uh, and genuinely interested to know what it was like back then. Um, and yeah, what a blast! What a blast! Who um, out of the who out of the people you interviewed? And 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 this again is something that's very very personal because I've talked to a lot of people. You know, I've talked to Bono. I've talked to um, I've talked uh, to Peter Gabriel. You know, I've talked to these people where. Most people are like, holy shit. And it, but, but it was when I talked to someone who really had an impact on me as a kid, like, you know, the singer from Simple Minds, that blew my mind because mm. that was my personal, which for you yeah. on that show, who was the one person where you were like, I can't, I can't even control myself right now. I'm freaking out. So uh, the one that surprised me a little bit was, I'll talk about two. Yeah. The one that surprised me a bit was Q tip. And he surprised me because by the time we interviewed him, you know, we were about halfway through the series or something. I I talked to a lot of people, yeah, and talked to people that I looked up to, and uh, but I wasn't really prepared for what I felt being in front of Q Tip. Yeah, I can't because it suddenly occurred to me in that moment how much I owe the guy. Hmm. You know, like he is to me when I think of hip hop, I think of kind of like a tree. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some major branches, some of those first few branches that the other branches come off of. Yeah. To me, Kip's one of those. Oh, yeah. Big time. And I'm one of those bran- I'm one of those guys that came off a branch of a branch of Q-Tip. You know, right. he was a guy that along with uh, De La Soul and and others, you know, started this branch of uh, you could call it alternative. You could call it um you know, a little bit more experimental, playful, you know, but still funky hip hop and music, you know, like, like Pharrell considers himself a, a child of Q-Tip as well. Right. Like he, he, inter- he influenced all of music, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was like, the director says, um, cause he was watching the whole time. He's like, that's the only interview you were nervous during. <laughs> he said, you you were visibly nervous during that one. And I was like, yeah, cause I wasn't, usually I prepared myself for what I was going to feel. And I, I wasn't ready for that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one I'll bring up is KRS one. Oh yeah. The blast master, the blast master, because <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So talk about preparation. Like with him, I was like, I don't know what to expect. You know, mm. he's KRS. Yeah. He's a wild huge intellect you know yeah and wasn't sure what we were gonna get and uh but what we got was i'll put it this way he was more entertaining in an interview than most artists are on stage like he's such an aromatic gifted storyteller he's the one you know yeah Yeah. he really is he's the one so um that was uh, that was an amazing experience i want to ask you about Bono, that's a pretty incredible. So I, um, so I interviewed Bono. Um, they had played two nights in Montreal. They played the first night. I went the second night in the morning at the Bell Center. They send me to do it. It's audio only. So I'm like, all right, that that takes a little bit of the, you know, at least I, no one's going to see me crapping yeah. my pants. They're just going to, you know, they're going to hear me. So I go in and there's Bono 
and there's Larry Mullen Jr. And I'm in this room backstage at the Bell Center and you just hear him coming and he's singing. And the thing with these guys is they're very much aware of what they do to you when they see you. And I think the ones that really care will put you at ease immediately. And I'm sure Q-Tip was probably like that. I hope for you (laughs) because Bono was so nice. And, but I was, I was dying and I just bought this zoom recorder. I wanted to have a really good zoom. I want to have everything perfect. Sat down with him and I brought two records to get signed October and boy, because I always get my vinyl signed. Um, And I, I sit down and he looks at me and I look at him and I'm like, fuck, that's fucking Bono, man. That's fucking Bono. Like I spent my whole team looking at this guy. I loved him up until, you know, rattle and hum. And then I fucking hated him for the longest time. And now I love him again. Cause yeah, it, yeah. and that's, that's just part of being a stupid kid. Yeah. So I start the interview. I'm like, all right, well, I'm here with um, Larry Mullen Jr. And the edge. So, and then Larry goes, you might want to start again. I go, why? He goes, you just called Bono the edge. Dude. I just said, I'm a fucking idiot. And everyone laughed. And then the whole, and then I was fine. And then I was yeah. fine. And then when I brought my vinyl to him at the end, he signs one, he gives it to me. And then he signs the other one. He's laughing. I go, why are you laughing? He goes, I signed at the edge. <laughs> so it was really, really, and it's, it, and pe- whenever anyone asks me the story I have from, you know, one of the weirdest, it's that one, because yeah. I was so nervous. I mean, I was so fucking nervous. So yeah. I know, I know what you were going through doing that. And it's, you know, and you, you pulled it off, but I'm sure inside you were like, you know, like, and, but at the same time, it's fun, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so fun. You're nervous every single time, but you know, I'm used to that from performing. And I know right. that, I know that the nerves are actually a good thing. The nerves mean you care. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then as soon as you hop into it, you know, like it's, uh, it's okay, but you're, you're right. There's a certain, there's certain people where the feeling is different, you mm. know? Yeah. And, uh, Sometimes it's a level of celebrity. Sometimes it's their, their impact on you personally that makes that feeling a little bit different. And it's a little bit harder to shake, you know? Yeah. Um, now, what, what helped, too, with Hip Hop Evolution that was cool was that um, once we would get into it, like, let's say someone like Busta Rhymes, right? Like, I'm right. a crazy Rhymes fan, of course, you know? Yeah. But what we were talking about, which made it easier, this is compared to, say, Q, right? What made it a bit easier is... All our conversations on hip hop evolution, at the end of the day, we're kind of just nerding out about hip hop. So someone like Busta Rhymes, very quickly, he's just, the whole interview, he's just a fan. He's just fanning out. He's just talking about this artist he loved and that artist he grew up with and how badly he wanted to be in trial. You know what I mean? And and so um, Lil' Kim was another one where, um, you, you know, you get into the room with her and there's all the makeup people and all the, you know, everybody. And you, I felt nervous. But then as soon as she starts talking about hip hop. Just the, the nerves, the whole room. She's, goes, yeah. She's the chillest, coolest, funniest person, you know? Yeah. And uh, and so that that always helped, you know, because we're at the end of the day, we're just talking about music. And, uh, and our show also is uh, it's just a celebration. Right. So I'm not. Not, not that we had to do this on cue, but like, you know, I'm not uh, holding anyone's feet to the fire. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. It's, it's, 
if we're talking to you, it's because you did something that we want to celebrate in the series. Yeah, it's all good vibes. It's not, it's, it's there's no, no one's on, I don't think, any, I never felt in any of those interviews during that show, and I watched all of it, that yeah. anyone was guarded. It felt like everyone was open, and that's what yeah. was nice. And obviously, you know, having to bring a cake to somebody was, I mean, that was, that was great. That was great. Cause I've heard, I had heard that story. Yeah. <laughs> I had yeah. heard that story that he needs a cake. Yeah. Um, if you, if you, if you interview him, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and that was the other fun, right. Is like, these are characters, man. Oh yeah. A lot of them. So, uh, yeah. Like schoolie D yeah, he, he wanted a cake. And at first our producer, um, when he said, I need some cake, she thought he was talking slang. Like he needs some money. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it, and it would make sense. Right. <laughs> but then he's like, no, no, no. I want some cake, like literally a cake. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of like that, that, that Van Halen story where they all, you know, they only wanted brown M&Ms or red, or yeah. red m and You know, it's, it's kind of like one of those things. I'm going to do it because I can, but, yes. and, but, but it was, it was so expertly shown in the doc as something that was playful. Yeah. Where it could, where I'm sure other people were like, you want to fuck you? I'm not bringing you a cake. Click. Well, you know, it's, it's, it serves two purposes for him. One, it's just funny. He's just yeah. a funny guy, uses him. And then secondly, uh, he likes cake. But yeah. thirdly, that's how he knows, that's how he knows you're serious. Right. Yeah. Well, it's an initiation. Obviously, he passed it. He seemed to really like the cake when he opened it. I mean, he didn't offer us any. That's, that was a, that's that dirty. It's hard to me. It was that like it was a huge cake. Like it was like heavy and dense, and like he just bodied it all. So was there part of you that when you get there, you're like, I'm I'm hungry. We haven't stopped to eat. I'm getting a piece of that cake, and you're expecting it. I t- I totally was like, oh yeah, this guy's hilarious. He's a joker, and then he's gonna divvy up this cake. It's a right. huge cake. Yeah, he was just like, yeah, nice, and uh, closed it up, <laughs> <laughs> took it home. So um, the new album, you got a lot of stuff coming up. I mean, obviously the new record just dropped. Um, you got the tour that you just announced, but um, th- you've been with um, this label now. This is the second or third record? Second. Uh, album. second. Yeah. Right. How has it been over there? Because this is not, this is not, a, 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 this is a, a indie rock label. Um, okay. You know, I know all the artists on that label and, and it's a great label because they have some great artists on that label. But when I saw you were joining, I was like, okay. All right. Yeah. And then I heard the record and they sent me a copy. The, the first one I was like, all right, this is, this seems like uh, you found a home. Are you still feeling yeah. that way? Two albums in? Yeah, totally. You know, like uh, I always think of the people that I work with on the business side, just like, just like partners and human beings, you know? And yeah. so I always evaluated on that basis of who is smart and committed. Right. That's my thing. Um, especially in the climate now, because the music industry is like, it's anyone's guess. Yeah. Changing every year. I mean, it's changed the whole time. We started this interview talking about the CD era, you know, yeah. it's like, look, things change all the time. So to me, it's a matter of uh, you want to work with people who are smart and not by smart. I mean, they're open to what's actually happening. Their minds yeah. are open to what's actually happening and they're not trying to cling to whatever era they know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah they're open to learning and changing. And then the second thing is like just commitment. Are they committed to the actual music and the roster that they have? I'm like, yeah, these guys, they like real music, creative stuff, and they stand behind it. 
you know, um, yeah. they're not, uh, doing the regular uh, record label thing, which is kind of thinking of different artists, like a little bit like lottery tickets, you know, like let's put a little bit of effort behind everybody and see who ends up winning. You know, they seem like they, uh, they push all of their artists, you know? Oh yeah. And, 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 you know, secret city really seems to be a career like label place. You know, you see people, you know, that are four five, six records in. Um, but I, I was happy when you landed there. Cause Justin, you know, I've known Justin since he's like 15 and, no. he was, and uh, he's, you know, he's someone that is a genuine fan of music. So I think um, I'm glad. And, and Tao, man, I mean, you know, I've always said this about you since that first time I saw you at Vans Warped Tour. This is a guy that can, this is guy can be on par with anybody. You know, you're yeah. not just a Canadian rapper. You're not, you're, no, you're someone that could easily be on par with anybody in terms of your skills, in terms of the, you know, the lyrical content, the delivery. And it feels like on this record, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's more playful than the last album, but it seems a bit more like, all right, we're going to deal with the subject on this song. And, and, and it seems a bit more like subject oriented per track. Am I right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. And it's more playful, you know, like, yeah. I, Cause like when I first, you know, the old Prince rec that record was so playful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it seems like a bit of that came back. Yeah. It's a bit, a bit of that came back, which is what I love to do. You know, the last album, the concept of that album kind of required that I don't do that, you know, yeah. but it's what I love to do It's I love, I love making people feel good. Yeah. You know, so I love putting, humor and energy and uh kind of spark into my music whenever i can so uh this is a bit of a return to that and uh and and yeah and each song is is pretty focused you know pretty there's there's layers there's layers to some of them but like you know they're pretty focused the song's called work is about work yeah you know? yeah so um yeah man that was that was a goal with this one i was really looking forward to that to getting back to uh a little bit a little bit more of that playful side even though i'm i'm talking about the world as it is which as we all know is insane but um it is very insane <laughs> but you know it's it's funny because i feel like we're we're slowly it's we're, we're seeing the end of it you know i'm like starting to go to shows again you know have to wear a mask we did a uh, part of comic-con i'm a spokesperson for a couple comic-cons started to do a couple comic-cons one in winnipeg one in quebec you know we're masked up, but we're, we're, we're together in the same room. So that energy's there. So I think yeah. when this all went, when this all went down and I'm, I don't know what your attitude was like, but my attitude was like, all right, this is going to be a while. Yeah. And I knew this wasn't going to be a couple of weeks when they were saying, you know, we just need you to sit on your couch for two weeks. I was like, no pandemics are 24 to 36 months. This is yeah. going to be a while. Yeah. And I, yeah, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, but I, I, was, I, I think people would have went crazy if they would have said that right off the bat. Yeah. I always think about, when I think about that, I always think about, uh, this is going to sound strange, but I'm going to get there. Um, I think about airport lineups, you know how they snake. I always feel like part of that snaking of the lineup is just because psychologically, if you were at the back of this insanely long line where you can't see the front, yeah, like we would all break down. Yeah. You know, when it snakes, you feel like every once in a while, you feel like you're getting to the end of something. Yeah. And I think that that's true too with the pandemic and how they had to give out little bits of information at a time, you know? Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera, because we're not really built for the, the reality that we've no. come to now, you know, but we are, we're not really built for that. Fortunately. Right. Yeah. Like we've, we've had a nice uh, few decades here in Canada with 
without, you know, going through anything that wild. You know, there's other countries where they they told them straight up. Yeah. You're staying home. You're staying home for this long. It's going to be like this. Yeah. And people. OK, cool. Because they have in their population a memory of something. Of hard times. Yeah. No, I, I think for North Americans, um, as the street cleaner goes by, <laughs> I think for North Americans, uh, someone said this the other day, this was kind of like our world war two, you know, yeah. this is kind of like our world war two. And if our world war two was like, you have to wash your hands and like stay home. I mean, it just shows you the world we're in and, and maybe we we're, we're in a bit more of a, an evolved world. And, and, but it's, I, you know, it's not so bad. I mean, no, it's not that bad. You got to zoom out. You know what I mean? I know you got to get a perspective and realize like, I got to do a lot of stuff that I didn't get to do before, like spend time, you know, having conversations with people I didn't get to spend, you know, talk to, did a couple of cool projects, some music projects from a distance, like got to do some different stuff. And it opened up my mind to saying, you know, we can communicate like this and we can still have connections. It doesn't mean, you know, there's a lot of issues that, that existed before this pandemic. I think if anything, it had people open their eyes and go, Oh, this is really, Oh, so I think there's a lot of good that's going to come out of it personally. Yeah, yeah, I hope so too. Um, I think that at a certain point, being able to get together, like you're saying, um, with the comic cons and stuff, like being able to get in the same room becomes important. Yeah. At a certain point, of course, if we couldn't do that, then we couldn't do that. But uh, you know, that that's if there's anything that worries me, it's like, let's let's get back together soon. You know, because the social muscles can start to atrophy, and yeah, uh, yep. we can get how to be a society you know i mean it was already getting pretty bad with that in terms of uh you know just the the divided nature of our society and stuff so it's like we don't need to add to that problem by being isolated forever so yeah i i i i do i am hopeful though i am hopeful that in getting back together we can um yeah, we can start to address some of the stuff that, like you were saying, was going on before, but the pandemic really highlighted. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, it is it is different. You know, it, I think it even gives us an appreciation for being together. You know, I've been to I've been yeah. to a couple of shows recently and it's like, yeah, this it feels different when people are together, man. You go out yeah. to a restaurant, to a bar and there's people in the room. It's just you just feel better. Your yeah. outlook life is just better. Yeah. It's nice when you see people and you go somewhere and you feel that energy because it's, it's, it really is what makes us different than anything else. And, you know, the, anything else on this planet is that, you know, we, we, we kind of thrive off that. We thrive off that energy. Um, and speaking of that, you know, you got your tour that's kicking off. You you were very, you were, you were smart, I think to, to wait till 2022 to really be like, we're really going to be in a good place, but you're kicking that off on the 29th of, uh, of April. Um, and it's, it's a pretty extensive tour. Are you excited for that? You must be dying to get on stage. Yeah, I'm hyped. I'm, you know, I'm hyped. Like I said, uh, the, what I love to do at bottom is to just make something up, make anything up and connect around it. And, uh, the live experience is still what makes it all make sense. You know, the music industry changes, the business changes, the digital environment changes, but what has not changed in the time I've made music is stepping on stage, having an experience with people. Yeah. That's not changed one bit. You know, that's still the same fun. It's still the same experience. It's still a real connection. And uh, 
So I'm really excited to to do that again and see everybody again. And we were talking about nerves before. It's like I, I'm nervous, but it's the it's good nerves. Good nerves, know? yeah. It's good nerves. I haven't. I performed a little bit in the summer, but like I'm rusty. You know, I I gotta rehearse, shake off some rust, and make sure I can still do this again uh, at the level that I I want to be able to do it. When was the last time you put on a pair of pants with a button? Because I've been just living in sweatpants. <laughs> I think I think jeans. <laughs> maybe five times in the yeah. last year. I have, you know? I have, I have amassed an incredible collection of sweatpants and I don't know if I'm ever going to go back. It's hard to go back, man. Even jeans just feel, it feels like oh, a tuxedo. It, it's know? awful. It's like jeans are like suit pants now. hundred percent. I know no more. <laughs> hey, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. And, um, again, um, you know, for me, it's really, it's really nice to chat with you because I believed in you from the minute I first saw you. And to, to, you know, to be a fly on the wall, watching your success and watching you do all these things genuinely makes me happy because you deserve it. You've got that great energy. And I think you're going to continue to do more and more great things. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, dude, that was awesome, man. Yeah, he, he's, he's a pretty special guy. I really like uh, the bond you guys have. Like every time you have a guest that you like have known previously, I mean, you have a gift. You could always talk to somebody and it's like you've known them for years, but you actually have known them for years. And uh, it was really cool to see the, the Warped Tour stories I love, but uh, it's, that's his old music, but he has some new music coming out, right? Yeah. So, so it's funny because I, I, you know, the first time I met him was, was at Warped Tour, like we discussed in the interview. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I sight on scene, I bought the CD, that CD was passed around to so many people, that album, the old Prince. And, uh, and I've always followed him ever since, you know, so it was nice to catch up today. Um, I, I his new record Tao is really, really good. Uh, it just came out a couple of weeks ago on secret city records. And, um, it's just a solid hip hop offering, man. The guy, the guy can, as they say in hip hop, the guy can spit and he, he is very, 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 uh, accomplished at wordplay. Um, and he just knows what he's doing. You know, he's at this point in his career, he's, I, I, he's a bunch of records deep. So I think he's got the confidence and, and I think he knows who he is. And, and I'm just, I, he's one of these guys I want to continue following and continue seeing where he's going to go because, uh, I think, I think he's, I think he's got a lot more in him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, really grateful to have discovered the uh, documentary series Hip Hop Evolution. Of course, they're on their fourth season right now on Netflix. And it's uh, it's actually quite an evolution to see because it's crazy when you think about it starting in the 1970s. Yeah. And the rap music I know and love is from the 90s. But that's only 20 years. And yeah. if you take the mid 70s, that's less than 20 years. So it's kind of crazy when you think about how in 20 years they went from the Furious Five dressing kind of like Rick James and all these like, uh, you know, these leather, these leather outfits, exposed chest and all that to like yeah. the badass gangster <laughs> rap that you yeah. see in the nineties. And yeah. it's almost like the Jetsons meeting the Flint, the Flintstones meeting the Jetsons. Yeah. It, it really is. And, and I mean, look, I, it depends who you talk to. And I'm at a weird, I'm in a weird place because I, I really, for, I really came up in that first wave of hip hop. So, I have this, um, I have this affinity and I have this love for it, but, um, there's some new guys out there that are pretty good. And, and but I, I always risk sounding like, you know, the old man yelling at a cloud when I say this kind of stuff, but you know, back in my day, <laughs> but I really do feel that back in my day, uh, hip hop was, it was at a different place, but there are, you know, I, I think with, with, with hip hop and with rap, it, there's gotta be a respect to the craft. There's gotta be a respect to the wordplay with the rhyming and, 
when someone's not, and, and I think it's become such a big genre of music now that there's a, there's a lane for everybody. I just, there's certain lanes that I don't want to drive down or drive in, um, when it mm -hmm. comes to hip hop, um, quite a few, <laughs> but, but, um, but Shad, man, he's one of the guys that I think holds up with any of the OG guys. He's, he's from that school of thought. Um, those are the ones, you know, when, when, when he talks in our conversation about how nervous he was when he met Q-Tip, I mean, a tribe called quest are, are so important to me. So I can, I can get that. I mean, I've, I stood in front of Alicia, he Muhammad, who's tribe called Quest's DJ. Um, when he came to Montreal and played in his jazz combo band and I was nervous just meeting him. So, uh, I get it, you know, so that, that, that's why I'm so impressed with what he was able to do on, on hip hop evolution and be such a, a solid host. Um, but yeah, as a rapper, man, like we can't forget that, that he's a very, very good rhymer. And, uh, and I think, I think the more people that listen to him and get into him, and that's why I was really excited to have him on because I wanted to shine, shine a light on him because I think he deserves it. I really do. For sure, man. Absolutely. All right, Ryan. So we got to, again, thank our sponsor for this week, Playground Poker. Um, if you're not familiar with Playground Poker, if you live in Montreal, they're just 15 minutes over the Mercier Bridge and uh, you are literally in poker heaven. I mean, they have got over 40 poker tables, over 500 slot machines. Uh, they offer free beverage service to players, alcoholic and non-alcoholic alike. Um, and right now they've got the bad beat jackpot, which is over $500,000. Uh, for poker. So, uh, yeah, I mean, part of me wants to just go try my skills and see if I can win it. Although I probably won't, uh, they're open 24 seven and, uh, you can get more information at www.playground.ca. We want to thank them again for, uh, for having faith in us and for being uh, this week's sponsor for the Rockman power hour. Awesome, man. And, uh, you know what? The amount that you just displayed was so powerful that my dog yeah. knocked something over in the other room. As soon as you said it, $500,000. I mean, listen, yeah. <laughs> who wouldn't want to take the chance to win 500,000 bucks, right? Absolutely, man. Uh, yeah, dude, it's been great. So, yeah. um, yeah, do, do we tell who everybody who is in the next episode, or are we going to keep doing that thing where we kind of like, you know, hold them on the line and tell them on Monday? I think we should tell them on Monday, but, um, but we, okay. what, what I can say and what you can attest to as well is that we've got a lot of really, really cool people on the way. Uh, we've had some really cool guests already. So, uh, we want to just encourage you to, uh, if you're watching on YouTube right now to go down below and, uh, subscribe and push that little alarm button, you will be alerted when a new episode is loaded up. Also, if you're listening on uh, your streaming platform, just subscribe to the podcast and you'll be alerted every time we put up a new episode and ryan we've got such an overwhelming response that there's a chance that there's a few weeks coming up where we might have double episodes in a week so uh, just keep it locked on all the social media you can find us over on facebook um you can find us on twitter you can find me as well uh on instagram at the real jason rockman and that's where we put most of the information on the rockman power hour uh Again, let's give out some thanks, Ryan. Uh, I want to thank everybody involved in this week's episode. Uh, our producer, Julia Kajerski. I want to thank yeah. uh, everyone uh, who helped uh, put this episode together, like yourself. And um, also want to thank uh, everyone involved with uh, helping us get Shad on the show. And a big thanks to Shad as well. Thank you for being on our show. And uh, we really appreciate you. And uh, we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Rockman Power Hour. Peace.